Hey everybody, Coach here. Hope the holiday season is stressless so far and going well for you and yours. Now we're moved towards Christmas after, uh, hope all of you have safely endured that combat shopping day that was Black Friday. Now it's like office parties and shopping lists and whatever's left, right? No, I'm not one of those guys. I do not participate in any Black Friday shenanigans and haven't for many, many, many years. Not my style. You know, the commercialized side of the holiday I abandoned decades ago and kind of relegated to a more personal, intimate side with gifts of different nature and the thought behind it. Hey, anyway, this week we are looking at landscape water features, the various styles, the various methods of building, ones that are done well and ones that are not done so well and some that are just plain ugly. Hey, stay with me. I am glad you're here. Happy holidays, everyone. I will be right back. Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. Every week I bring to you landscaping tips and tricks and design concepts in an easy to understand format so you can tackle projects yourself, get the results you really want, be more self-reliant and save a lot of money in the process. You know, many years ago, and that being the late 90s, I educated myself on water features and made the installation and construction of them part of my landscape repertoire. I got educated by attending several pond building days hosted by local pond suppliers in my area and larger companies, including one company that I grew to like and did a lot of business with over the years. That company was Aquascape out of St. Charles, Illinois. They were off and rolling back then with ponds and pondless water features that I found natural in appearance using natural materials like boulders and gravel and slate stone for spillways. And I really got enamored with it and I really wanted to make it part of my business. I bought the manuals and DVD instructional discs and started installing some of the small ponds and small pondless water features in my area. Boy, that was many, many years ago. After a couple years, I dropped the actual pond building because I found many people really did not have the desire, despite many you know, of my uh, educational disclosures and the DV training video that went with it, about the maintaining of the pond to the specification it takes to balance, very important word to remember in ponds, balance the system in the first critical 60 days after the install. When I speak about balance, I'm talking about plants, fish, nitrates, and other things in the water that cause the water to clear and not go green algae. It does take a little work, but done right and following the directions, it is very well worth it. What I did gravitate towards was the pondless water features, the pondless waterfalls, and the standalone water features from the same company that gave much the same effects and ambiance as the ponds, but with about a tenth of the maintenance and, more importantly, the required space. 
The last pondless waterfall I installed was at Weed Patch Ranch, right at my very own home. It was a medium-sized cascade with lots of, go figure, landscaping around it. Out in the front yard, I had installed one of Aquascape's stacked slate urns, one of the medium-sized ones, which graced the sunset deck and the front driveway as you drove up to my home. These two water features were my go-to installs when it came to water features for clients in the last few years of my construction career. In considering a water feature for your yard, there are many, many to choose from. But before we go down that huge list, which we will not have time to do in this short video, ask these questions to yourself as kind of a guide to finding out which water feature might be right for you. Let's take a look. Number one, what would be the general budget that I want to invest in a water feature? Number two, do I have any experience in water features whatsoever? Number three, what do I hope to accomplish in installing a water feature? Very important. Number four, what style of landscape do I currently have and what water feature work, would work well in it? Say that three times fast. Do I need help in constructing this water feature or can I do it myself in a weekend? Well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at question number one. If you say I have maybe $500 I want to invest in my water feature, then guys, all honesty and transparency, then you would be relegated to a kind of box store materials in the nursery department. And that's not to insult anybody, that's just a fact of that's about how much this stuff costs. There you can find some pond liner material or drop in the ground plastic pond forms. You can find some pumps and hoses and some accessories or maybe a pre-assembled water feature that are basically fill, plug, play, and enjoy type of style. Really a, a real starter standalone water feature. Now, if you bump up the budget to say $2,000 to $2,500, then you can start playing with the big boys on a DIY level. Many companies, many companies have pond kits you can purchase in sizes that are usually labeled micro, small, medium, and large. And as long as you have the landscape elements to complement the finished water feature, you can have a really, really nice DIY project that can be done in a weekend or a little longer, depending on your personal skill level, your soil conditions, and the amount of time you can allocate to it. Some space is required, obviously, but many micro waterfall systems can be placed in a 10 by 10 area or less. And like the, the one I mentioned earlier, the stacked slate urn I spoke about, that takes about a four foot by four foot area, plus any little landscaping around it that you might desire. That's not too bad, right? You know, addressing question number two, if you're a newbie, to water features, then I strongly suggest you stick with a standalone water feature elements that are available. These are easy to install with a self-contained water basin. They're great for boosting confidence in construction and you still get that sound and ambiance that you're looking for. Plus they're virtually indestructible and really easy to care for. 
You just have to get power to the location. Now, if you get hooked and really want to expand your water feature skills, you can graduate to those pondless waterfalls, ponds, water bowls, and even fire and water elements that are out there. When asking yourself, what do I hope to accomplish from this water feature? Think of water features as a focal point in the yard that can enhance outdoor living spaces and really emphasis on living spaces. For instance, you know, the space front door entry areas, very high trafficked areas, great place to have a focal point such as a water feature. Obviously, back around outdoor living areas in the backyard, around the back patio, walkways from front yard to backyard, courtyards, business fronts, and the all-important and intimate secret vignettes next to master bedroom sliders. Very, very big uh, design concept that I used. And then again, and most professionals know this, the retail nursery displays at local nurseries, they use water features quite a bit. Many residential water features fall into the ambiance and focal point theory in landscaping creating that sound we all want and attracting birds and other wildlife to the yard, which I can attest really does happen. If you need help in constructing one of these water feature elements, you are probably thinking on a larger scale size water feature. Most intimate water features can be done simply by one person with a little bit of sweat equity and a little bit of time. I never personally created a water feature that was larger than 12 feet by 20 feet. And that was an actual pond with a, a pump vault and spillway and all the things that go with it, which was relatively large considering it was just me and maybe one helper. The excavation was the biggest task for in-ground ponds or pondless systems. The smaller standalone water features either require no excavation or maybe a four by four by 18 inch deep basin hole that might take an hour or so depending on your personal soil conditions. The pondless waterfalls are created with a basin, then lined with a protective underlayment, then a thick rubber liner and a pump vault and pump that is placed into the rubber lined basin. Then some assembled grid matrix boxes are placed next to the pump vault, and then a pump hose is then run from where the pump vault is up to a waterfall spillway a short distance away depending on your project and finally a rubber line stream bed returns the water via a number of cascades or one or two cascades back to the basin so it is essentially a closed system this is a very i i, I can't help but express this is a very simplified definition for the sake of video time but hey you can check them out online and get a lot more details and wrap your head around it really easy. Other water features consist of the old standby tiered cement statuary fountains that we see in many formal garden settings and older homes. They come in many shapes and sizes. Some require many people to assemble and some even require, and I have seen small cranes to place and assemble safely because they weigh tons. I personally never got into anything that big. I did assemble some small cement statuary fountains, which were done by just me or me and one helper, but I never got into the big boys. That stuff just, 
I just, I thought they were overpriced. Not to mention the fact that you, once they're there, you just can't move them very easily. Now, another uh, type of system that I've seen is like the basalt rock columns that are stood vertically and the columns are actually pre-drilled for plumbing and they generally stood over uh, gravel basins or heavy-duty ABS plastic basins and they're pretty popular. Pre-made water globes or water balls are interesting and all of these water features are really special when you light them up at night with some low voltage lighting. Now that's all the positive side. Now let's talk about just a little bit of reality. Another issue that I saw with water features is there is also the honeymoon effect. With many folks that get the water feature bug, and I'm serious about that. They see something at a garden show or a nursery and they just have to have it. You know, they really enjoy it for about six months. And this isn't everybody, but some people. Then they grow bored and find something else and allow the investment to kind of deteriorate and get ruined over time, which is just a shame. Water features need a little TLC or at least checking on regularly in order to keep those pumps working well, any algae growth at bay, and the water always fresh, sparkling, and never anaerobic or stinky. You know, at Weed Patch Ranch, the pondless waterfall for its size and full sun exposure was actually less maintenance than the stacked slate urn at the front of the house. That water feature, the stacked slate urn, required about four times a year maintenance, which included water switch out, a little algae scrubbing off of the water feature itself, and in the warmer months, checking on the pump and cleaning it twice a year. On the other hand, the pondless waterfall required about two times a year checking, and that was mainly for algae accumulation and occasionally basin top off with some additional water. And you can even buy pre-plumbed uh, automatic fill valves for those things if you didn't want to even do that much work. The pump never needed attention the entire time I had it installed there, and that was about four years. But for the look, feel, ambiance, and wildlife attraction both water features gave back, they were well worth the money and time spent on them. Not only that, but they were very popular with guests, pets, and kids. And hey, let's stop for just a moment, speaking of pets and kids, and let's talk safety a minute. Any water feature that has a exposed bowl or basin of standing water, say like four inches deep or more, we got to admit it has the potential for drowning. That is the main reason and the main reason that I installed water features that had no access to pooling water. The basins were all subterranean and covered in gravel or river, river stone, as was the water basin for the pondless water system as well. Trickling and cascading water was not a danger to little ones as my very own granddaughter can attest to. The cascade was maybe one to two inches deep at the most, maybe, and was more fun to basically splash around in than ever be able to immerse yourself in. Remember, safety first as a contractor and a homeowner. Always, always, guys. The water is out of sight and inaccessible under a gravel basin when not in use. 
When we vacationed or were away for a few days, I drained the two features and removed the pumps for cleaning and storage, then rebooted them after some cleaning, them fresh and clean when I got home. No accidents at Weed Patch Ranch, please. In addition to water safety, let's discuss electrical safety. Your electrical source should be placed per your local code, if at all possible. A GFCI plug is used for circuit protection and enclose it in a weatherproof bubble cover for weather protection. I placed plugs a minimum of six feet and oftentimes 10 feet or more away from the water features so it would be outside the splash zone and was usually disguised with some landscaping for protection and concealment. Although I have seen it, I do not always suggest running water features full time off of extension cords. Do they work? Yeah, sure, but connections wear out. Water can intrude at those plug-in connections, especially if it's exposed to sprinklers, and they can be kicked around to, you know, get a little too close to water sources for my comfort. Always have a plan on good, secure, and safe power to your water feature as kind of a, as a real permanent solution. You know, when it comes to uh, winterization, winterizing can be done for those with water features in colder climates. Draining, cleaning, storage of pumps is a good start. And for those lucky enough to be in warmer areas, heck, you can enjoy water features 12 months out of the year. DIYers, please, I, I ask you, please follow my lead and do a little research education, and even attend a pond building day if you can find one. They're all over the country. Many outlets and nurseries oftentimes will sponsor these events and you can check them out. There's a, really an art in making ponds and waterfalls look natural in the landscape. Emphasis on the word natural, natural. Many folks end up trying to build a water feature and it turns out looking like a volcano in the middle of the backyard and just has no natural look to it whatsoever. They, you know, the rubber liners exposed, they can't cover it all up and it just stands out like a sore thumb. That is what I want to steer you away from. That is the bad and ugly of this portion of water feature education. I think no water feature looks better than some of these results, but hey, you be the judge. Hey, check out the websites like Aquascape and Atlantic and Universal Products for a lot of information, education, ideas, and products out there. Please do not willy-nilly this and you will be happy you did it right the first time you got the results you saw in the pictures and can enjoy it for years to come. Plus, more importantly, dang it guys, you did it yourself. Pat you on the back, okay? Hope you got a little from this. Give me a like and a comment below. Let me know your experience with water features, good, bad, or indifferent. Hey, check out my plan of the week. Next week, we look into landscape ambiance and all that that entails. I hope you can join me. You know what to do before you leave, and I thank you in advance. Hey, I'm Matt. You can call me Coach. I'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.